So, uh, welcome, Dave. Thanks. To the uh, Conspiracy Dad podcast. It's good to be here. It's been a couple weeks mm -hmm. since we last podcasted. Well, as dads, we're getting back in the back to school trenches. Yeah, it's school time. So. And you, you do the like get the kids to school gig and everything. I get right? them. Yeah, yeah, we do. We got to split two days a week. It's not as bad, but three days a week, I'm taking them and picking them up, which means I got that window to work like yeah eight thirty to three. I uh, pretty much any day I want can just leave before the kids are even up, and. Let that hang on my wife's shoulders. <laughs> and, and there's I'm, a record here of what you're saying. Yeah, and I'm and I'm still like, oh boy, that first week back to school yeah. is tough. It's uh, it's not been that bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, it's uh, since I think because I work from home, it's it's just always it's different than like a normal. That's true. You yeah. know, like I'm going into the office kind of schedule. I will say my stint as a stay-at-home dad short-lived though it was, I did get things pretty regimented and in a routine to where, yeah, I felt pretty in control the majority of the time. So even if you added like taking kids to school every day, you can kind of just implement that if you have the flexibility to be at home, right? I mean, yeah. you're, you're more in control. You got more latitude over things like meetings and, and appointments and stuff like that. When you're going to work on a project, Versus maybe like, write a book, write uh, a film, write a script, play, you know, never know. Yeah. 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 Whatever, whatever you're working on, but no, it's, it's a good time of the year. It's, um, but it's good to get back in and talk with you about the mo more important aspects of life, That's right. which is the, the alien disclosure deception, which is really what's, I mean, if you had to put things on a scale of boy, Johnny's getting his lunch and getting his ass to school <laughs> on time. Or, you know, the alien disclosure deception. I don't know. I feel like this might take a little more precedent. That, uh, that's, I mean, without, you sent me a shot of the book, just a picture of it. That's about as much as I've looked into it. Um, but on the way over, in light of a couple other things we've been talking about, that was a lot of what was just churning in my head is like the last episode we were talking about the uh, UFO hearings. So I was listening to a little bit of Weaponized and mm -hmm. like kind of what's going on with David Grush since those hearings and even leading up to them. They've accused um, him of having psychiatric right, uh, yeah. trouble in his history. Yeah, which, I mean, Corbell and, and George Knapp are not surprised to see that happen. And mm -hmm. um, But then also this crazy plane lady video you sent me a few weeks ago. Has she... I know that people have identified her, but has she come out and said anything since this incident? That is what is why I text you and said, oh, you know, we might touch on that for a second. Yeah. Um, because I, you sent me the video. And... Well, tell people what it is so okay, in great. case you yeah. happen to not know. the what They've abbreviated now in the meme. It's Oh, is it? T-M-A-R lady. That, that M-F-er oh, <laughs> ain't real or... If you Google crazy plane lady, it'll pull all this up yeah. in a hurry for you. You don't have to remember that yeah, acronym. <laughs> just crazy plane lady. And if you, I didn't, I mean, I don't, I don't watch the Instagrams or the TikToks, the crazy Chinese communist app. <laughs> um, but when I mentioned it to my wife, she's like, oh yeah, I've seen. She blew up quick. Yeah. She's so my wife's seen reels of people clipping together using just that line. 
yeah. that MF ain't real. It's a, it's a, it's a viral yeah. meme now. It's, sure. It's all over. Um, but yeah, it came up with some friends over the weekend and I found out like, it's not just a, so when you sent it to me, it's a, for those that haven't seen it the video. It was pretty fresh when I sent it to you. Yeah. When you sent it to me, it felt like I was watching like Final Destination or the butterfly effect, mm -hmm. like from the early 2000s, yeah. where like there are these movies back then where the protagonist keeps getting dropped back into the certain point in time and they look crazy because they're warning people of some kind of pending disaster. Um, and I don't know, usually like, I think even if I was on the plane, maybe I would have written her off as somebody that was on Ambien, but watching the video for whatever reason, you caught me at the right moment, but I was on her side <laughs> <laughs> or maybe because it's came from you. I don't know. But yeah, this woman, there's just, again, you Google crazy plane lady. There's a pretty easy to find video clip of this, you know, young lady on a plane who is accusing the person she's sitting next to of not being real. And she is losing her mind on the plane saying, I'm getting off the plane. I, you guys do what you want, but I'm getting off of here, you know, because that guy back there is not real. Now, it's am, funny when she says it, because half the plane laughs and half yeah, of them do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you could tell it's, it's the moment. Guy's not it's really, it's yeah, a moment. Like, what if she's right? Top was on that flight, too. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, he was complaining about it or whatever. People didn't believe him. Then he, I think he showed a video and he's so, like, yeah, I was here. You're right. There are those on the plane that just are, you can hear in the background, people being very dismissive going, okay, fine, get off. Like they've got somewhere to be. Um, but then there are friends or then there are people like my friend, Andrew, who said, yeah, every time I'm on a plane and Andrew's a bigger guy, like he's probably about six, four and, and he outweighs me by about 75 pounds. And he said, every time I'm on a plane, I look to meet eyes with another fella my size and I give them the nonverbal kind of like, if it goes down, you and me are together, right? <laughs> and uh, so I think you're right. It's a combination of people like, you know, people that are into like... I'm always checking my periffs, man. Oh, I'm you like, gotta be. <laughs> I'm looking for an exit. For threats that are out of this world and for threats that are in this world. Yes, and I, I, I hate flying so much that, yeah, I'm looking for... I'm looking for that that to happen where it's like yeah. I'm on her I'm on her side. Well, <laughs> I don't know what was going on, but it's not, I would have been like, yes, I need. I'll off take. Too. Yeah, yes. I'll take the I'll next take, one. I'll sure. take an exit, please. Man. <laughs> anyway, so that video is pretty wild to watch. And then um, I sent you the Chinese airline video too. Remember that? Yeah. So there's a guy. The next day, similarly, a guy on a Chinese plane was even more. Uh, weird that he said that we're stuck in a time loop yeah and he says this plane crashes in 30 minutes and this is his sixth time to go through the loop <laughs> and everyone's like what and he's like yes we have to get off i keep trying to tell you guys to get off and we're all going to die in a minute yeah and he said it was the sixth time that sixth it didn't happen he's keeping count yeah i did <laughs> i tra i trained with like a, a trainer today and i had to do eight reps of a particular exercise Lost count every time. Yeah. How he kept track of six plane crashes. <laughs> That's it's funny. We were shooting the other day and I got a new John Wayne style yeah. uh, lever action. Uh -huh. And that you're not, you shouldn't dry fire it if possible right. because it's just not good for the firing pin. So I'm like telling myself like count 10 rounds yeah. so that you don't dry fire every damn time. I get down bang, like bang, 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 bang. Click. And then I'm like, dang. Damn it, I hit it. So I started just checking to make sure, but still it's like, yeah, it's hard to count. 
Yeah, it is, it is hard to count, even past six. <laughs> uh, so, think... so just to fast track through this in case you want to move on to other things, um, while I'm talking with some friends, like, y'all see that crazy video of the lady on the plane? A buddy of mine was like, um, apparently, yeah, she's put out an, an apology video. Some people think it's not the same woman. And so I did a little bit more internet it? diving. I'm on that. Yeah, like... This is this podcast is going to be just watching Dave make the slow descent into, into Dante's it's world. It's the ultimate production. I've been play, playing okay. this from the beginning. Yeah. It's going to be all pieced together into a feature like yep. film one day. The, the madness of a uh, mouth breather or something like that, <laughs> where you just right. go from like mouth breathing NPC to full blown, you know, uh, yeah. reptilians are running. To the, now I'm going, her name's Tiffany Gomas, not Gomez. It's Gomas like. G-O-M-A-S. Um, so sometimes you'll hear people audibly say Gomez, but it's not quite spelled like That's that. That's just rude. Well, I don't know how intentional it is, but um, she released a an apology video not long, about three, four weeks after this video comes I know, out. I never saw that. Well, you have got to see it because that is not that the same her. woman. <laughs> that ain't her. Yeah. Um, That's the funny thing about the internet now is like... I mean, it's been that way for a while, but it's really ramped. Like, you just don't know what's real, man. Yeah. You really don't. Like, there was a guy that put out a video claiming to be on the plane, too, and heard the whole conversation. Yeah. And he was amazing. Yeah. No, he claimed to be the guy. He claimed to oh, be the did. guy. Okay. But then it's like, now everybody said he was wearing a green hoodie. This guy wasn't wearing a green mm -hmm. hoodie. And then it's like, I don't know. You know, who, yeah. who knows what was going on? I don't on. know what happened. Everybody has this incentive to get clicks. Oh, of course. And... Yeah there's just a flood of information. It's like, you can't validate Another anything. Another video you sent me that I thought was really compelling that some of my other friends saw was the video of, of a guy saying, I was on the plane and I saw the guy that she was yelling about. Yeah. And this guy that says, I saw the thing. Is he winked. He yeah. winked and his eyeballs. Yeah. You get into lizard people his, here. His, his eyeball winked like this. Vertically instead of, instead like of this. horizontally. Yeah. yeah. Like his lids were sideways. Of course. Um, I mean, yeah. So I don't, that I don't put as much stock in, but it's to your point, like who knows what's real. Um, anyway, her apology video, like that TMZ put it up. It's pretty, that's just as easy to find as the actual video. And I know that in the apology video, she is aware that she's being filmed. So she dressed up and put on makeup and made her hair look nice, but the facial structure is not the same. And I realized that in the airplane video, she's yelling and she's hysterical and she's agitated. But in the apology video, she's speaking in a normal voice. That is not the same voice. I noticed too, like some people do this. I don't know if it's controllable, but when they yell, they, it's women mostly, they yell in falsetto voice hmm. mm -hmm. and she's yelling in a falsetto voice the whole time. So it doesn't have any real... It's yeah, a very strange yeah. yell. She can't it's like project a, like she I'm wants to. I'm telling you, yeah. that guy. She's almost crying. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. She's not getting the full timber of her voice. So it'd be hard to tell. You, it's true. But again, I just... You'd have to really upset her and then say, now talk. Now apologize. <laughs> now apologize. So, you know, the other weird thing is like she's... Now she's kind of... She's launched a website that's about... Oh, she's got a whole career. Oh, yeah, she wants it. Now she's about to be a person that... She needs a podcast. Yeah, she needs sponsors and advertisers. Thing. She'll be on every... UFO pla platform panel. Yeah. Some people think it's a, well, the weird thing in the apology is she never addresses why she was freaking out. She says, my actions were, you know, I, 
I take responsibility for my actions. They were inexcusable. I shouldn't have acted like that. I should have had better control of my emotions. Never once does she Total go narcissist move. She never once says, but to be fair, there was an alien on the plane <laughs> or even like the public narrative. Like if you look at like um, a couple of the more like regular media outlets, the narrative is a family member of hers and her were arguing about AirPods. And that was the genesis of this. That doesn't disturbing... make any sense. What? How does that how did you get, get misconstrued? To, he ain't real. Exactly. So she doesn't address that in the apology video. And then uh, there's a shot I'm looking at here of her, a recent Instagram photo she's shown. And basically, like, it looks like the direction she's it. taken this. I don't know if this is, can we get this on there? Okay, so that. That could be her, but well, the take off the makeup, pull your hair back. See, that maybe is her. And well, she says it's her. You think she's lying? And that looks like the same that these two shots look like the same person. Now let me show you the YouTube woman. Oh, okay. Go back. Okay. Different eyebrows for sure. The nose is one thing that strikes me. Then let's go, let's see if I can find. So mean that we're not sharing this with the, uh... well, sorry guys, we don't have the technology. We oh. are really, you got a Moderna commercial there. I got a lot of ads since I'm on all these news sites. Okay, so you can find a close-up of her while she's freaking out, and that gives you like a more of a sense of her face yeah. and structure. This woman on the apology video looks more like a your typical like model on those like jewelry billboards, you know? Uh-huh. Whereas the girl in the airplane video Granted, she's in her travel gear, right? Like she's yeah, not, she wasn't she's like not done planning up. to be yeah, on camera. I get that, and that's kind of the case. That, I'm gonna have to do some more research yeah. on this now. I did not know she had come forward. I was kind of waiting for it, and I, yeah. I just I got busy writing about the fake alien invasion. So, um, but anyway, this compare or alongside like the fact that we're talking about this, and as I'm listening to Corbell and George Knapp kind of debrief on what's going on with excuse me, what's going on with Grush leading up to his UFO hearing and then since is I just thought, God, this is all a lot of distraction for something. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's that's yeah. leads right into this Good. book. That's and I, I think I wanted to start out with saying and we may get some negative feedback from, OK, a criticism I would have of the UFO kind of people mm -hmm. is they are very sensitive and they really get butt hurt easy when people question they, they, it's it's like it's like a crazy person because they say at the same time that they're not and then they flip out about stuff you know yeah, it's like yeah. i'm very objective i'm very objective i'll take any criticism and then like the slightest criticism <laughs> and it's like you, you know somebody just slightly yeah. criticizes george knapp and it's like like a shit storm of yeah, you know tweets yeah. on him about it so I am of the opinion that if you want to get to the bottom of this, it is really important that we listen to dissenting opinions. Totally. And yeah. even if they're saying rude or mean things, just grow up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. I, I've auditioned for many things. I've been told I'm not good many times. <laughs> I'm very comfortable with it. And 
I think that there's guys like Stephen Greenstreet. Everyone hates him on Twitter. Um, everybody in the UFO world, because he's a harsh critic of everything. And I think he's even, you know, probably rude and like not, not nice, but I listen to what he posts and what he talks about, because I think it's important to listen to dissenting opinions yeah. and I can ignore anything he says. I don't have to, you know, totally. he, yeah. he calls someone a liar. So what? I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Every topic we've discussed so far I listen to a whole bunch of material on, usually I haven't even heard of the idea that you're telling me about, like the fake moon landing. Um, didn't even know that was a thing before I believed in it. You've come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> but I also seek out, like you're talking about, I usually will seek out, I say usually every time I seek out, I'm, I seek out I like whoever it is that's kind of on the, across the aisle mm -hmm. going, no, no, we did land on the moon. Everybody just chill out. That it's even liar, more fun but... to do that because you really think about it. And then when you find conspiracy side that actually totally makes that look ridiculous, then it's yeah. like, oh, okay. okay, I think we've got well, to the bottom like, of this. Uh, just with this crazy plane lady, this idea that this all started with an argument about Airbud, you mm -hmm. know, from a family member. Where's the family member going? You're right. Okay, that was kind of my bad. I was a jerk. I lost my earbuds that morning. I took hers. Yeah. Shouldn't have done it. Like they should issue an apology video also. Um, so yeah, those are the sort of things where I, I realize if one is to get involved in a conspiracy podcast, they probably have a proclivity for like entertaining these ideas more than other people. Having said that, Gosh, there are a lot of things that, yeah, when you hear the the quote unquote debunkers or people kind of like bringing you back to what, you know, let's be real here. They'd never get away with that. And then you hear like the Manhattan Project argument of like, well, there was like hundreds of thousands of people involved in the Manhattan Project. And that went secret for a long time. Well, that And what you're saying is a lot of what Charles Upton is the name of the guy. Charles Upton, I think you can see it there. Uh, who wrote this book, it talks about. Um, the subtitle is Metaphysics, the, the Metaphysics of Social Engineering. And let me start with this. Ask you is, what is your understanding of metaphysics? I could barely give you a... I mean, if you're... My really cliff note version of the definition of metaphysics is like what is real versus what is not. Is that a good... No, no, that's a bad right. definition. Good, all right, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, well, and a buddy of mine, because I was reading this, he was he gave me this, and I'll be fair and put that out, and it said, I have not read yet Thomas Aquinas's On Being in Essence, but metaphysics is, it's very, I, I'm not an expert. I'm actually, like, just reading it, and this book is the one that kind of pushed me to go, like, I've, I know like probably basic metaphysics, but I didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't know how deep within our religious traditions we, we have studied metaphysics. So metaphysics is the study of non-physical reality. But within that, there's a really wide spectrum of what people believe. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it is back to Aquinas and Aristotle and like using just logic and reason to have an understanding a more complete understanding of reality. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm butchering this, but so metaphysics is a fu fundamental part of reality. So yeah. an example would be numbers. Okay. Like the number yeah. two, it doesn't, where is it? It doesn't exist. Like 
so much of science and reality is uh, described by numbers, but what is a number? Yeah, you know what? It, what you can't. You I can't. can't hand you'd be you hard. Two, you'd be yeah. hard pressed to say numbers don't really exist. Totally. Yeah. And that's a metaphysical. Same thing with ideas. So you could take uh, a book, like say you take like Mein Kampf, mm -hmm. you know, and Hitler writes this book with this ideology, and the ideas placed within that book have a metaphysical reality. You could burn that book and then reprint another one. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> you know, I mean, just destroy, you know, you could burn that book though. Uh, and um, those ideas still exist. Right. They're not yeah. the ink and the pages. It's what's contained in the ideas. Mm -hmm. And then this goes more into studying, which I'm not yet versed in and maybe someday would be, but um, there's actually a long history coming from Aristotle of understanding these realities that as as a christian I, I i'm realizing now like um it's probably really important to understand metaphysics yeah. because you can't it's it's like half of reality and so if you're looking at reality as just material and that's it mm -hmm. you're really understanding a very you know uh i don't know the right word for it but like an incomplete yeah view of reality yeah. Why, what have you tried to understand reality minus numbers? Yeah. I mean, it's, but then take it to even further from that, you know, um, just understanding where we exist and there, and it does break down. I, I believe into there's categories. There's people that understand metaphysics simply from a material point of view, and they do not accept any kind of supernatural I think preternatural, I don't know the right word for it, but like any ghosts or mm -hmm. angels, demons, all of that, they don't accept that. Yeah. But then there's a whole other half, other half like Charles Wood, who's actually a Sufi, um, and he was raised Catholic, and um, he was a famous poet and 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 whatnot. But he uh, he does subscribe to that that there's like a plane of existence, and like we are we're existing in this physical realm, but there are lots of things outside of that physical realm that also exist mm -hmm. all the way out to God being outside of time and space, creating reality. And anyway, so that's, that's where he's coming from. And he's kind of saying, you can't understand the UFO phenomenon if you don't understand metaphysics. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it, I mean, what it reminds me of is this kind of grush type comment of like, Things coming from other dimensions. That's what intrigued okay. me. Yeah. Why I bought the book. Yeah. And he wrote another book called Crack in the Great Wall, uh, The Metaphysics of UFO Phenomenon. And I was just thinking more like cocaine in the White House. Oh. Crack in the Great Wall. <laughs> crack pipes in the White House. Um you could do crack in the like, communist Chinese. Great Wall. Yeah, exactly. Like the yeah. Uh, like they, CCP did, crack did in the CCP. They, <laughs> did you hear they found crack in the Great Wall? Uh, whose was it? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that one too was written twenty years ago, and it's still very good. But if you're going to read his book, this book came out in 2021, and it's an update. And so the first half of this is just crack in the Great Wall, which oh, okay. does. I think honestly, everything that he says in Cracking the Great Wall still stands up today 
at least his argument does, whether or not you agree with it, it's another story. But, and then this is really good because he's bringing it up to 2021, all the stuff that's happened with TTSA and the UFO hearings. Obviously he didn't hear the hearings. He doesn't know about David Grush in this book, but he is, um, so I don't know. Do you want me to try to like give you his thesis? I guess I could try to look it up, but it's yeah, um, talk to me like I've never have heard of the book. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard from... without reading it, but I'm just gonna do it in a nutshell. Basically, a lot of what my fe- I, I I think he might be onto something because he's talking about yes, you you establish first that yes, the UFO phenomenon exists. And it's an old phenomenon that has interacted with humans for a long time. But he would say it's not, uh, I think he would say it's not even physical. He he would say it's from the, that it's that metaphysical reality of in the, in the Islamic tradition, they would call jinn. In the Christian tradition, you would call angels and demons in uh there's an in the i think in the hindu tradition i don't don't remember what they call it but the idea is that um it's angels and demons it's which is back to what we've talked about before what concerns me is that that is literally what ttsa is saying that is what david grush is saying when they press him on is this aliens he he defers to like lou elizondo yeah. And Lou Elizondo has clearly come out and said high-ranking generals in the military have told him to not investigate this because they know it's demons and there's nothing we can do about it. And furthermore, though, what Upton goes into that's really fascinating is the psychology of mass hypnosis mm-hmm. and like maybe some of what I've told you that like my thoughts on it are is we've known for a long time that these things exist and they're elusive. They don't live in this reality. They don't, you know, they're apparitions um, and uh, mystical things happening in our reality and agencies within the government. This is where we could get in trouble. So I don't know know if they're listening already, but the CIA uh, has known for a long time about this, and they're implementing a very strategic, long plan of deceiving the public into thinking that UFOs are aliens, and 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 even planting fake, like he would he would say that like Roswell was a staged event, specifically to start the UFO craziness, mm-hmm. and then has been slowly like building on that to what they're saying now it's it's in front of congress and there's a lot of history of uh you know people in the military and government kind of um winking and nodding at like this you know this whole plan and i guess the fear would be that they're they're really just operating out this luciferian kind of uh agenda to turn everyone away from God. Because if you make, if if they're going to come out and say God is actually an alien, his understanding, I'm not saying these are my words, but God is not physical. 
he would say. And God, God exists outside. It's the creator. It's not the creator right, yeah. cannot be the created. And what they're doing is they're getting you to like turn God into something less than what God is. You're saying, well, see that advanced alien, that's God. But that doesn't even get into answering that's a turtles all the way down totally, argument yeah. of like, well, who, well, made, who made the, the aliens yeah. and who made them and yeah. where do you stop? It's a, it's, it's a, a fallacy. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's what his fear is that he's, he's documenting through ancient aliens and through lots of the stuff that we've been looking into. He's pointing out the logical flaws in what they're saying. And then also the overall message of, of the, uh, of abduction stories that um, people are people are acting, they're responding in a very strange way. They're responding in a way that kind of uh, seems like they might be under some sort of hypnosis or some sort of brainwashing. So an example of that would be, he's really tough on John Mack. So John Mack was Harvard's lead child psychologist back in the... 80s into the 90s. I think he died in the late 90s, early 2000s in a car crash. But he was the guy that, I think he wrote a book called Abduction. Mm -hmm. And he legitimately, as a psychologist, was interviewing all of these alleged alien abduction people. He was on Oprah. He he interviewed all the kids at the aerial school out in Zimbabwe. That uh, We can podcast about that one later, but it's a famous UFO sighting where I've, ta I've corresponded with one of the, one of the people that was there. And, uh, anyway, he's just pretty tough on John Mack's interpretation of it because he he's saying like this idea that they're benevolent, that they're just here to observe us mm -hmm. or keep us from blowing ourselves up and guiding us. And he's saying, there's no evidence of that. In fact, the opposite, there's a ton of evidence that they kidnap, torture, cases, rape, uh, they're very bad. They treat it like if any person was doing this, we would call it a crime, a terrorist. But for some weird reason, even John Mack, they they go through all the evidence and then they somehow land on, well, they're probably just here to observe us or something. They they dismiss all the sinister side of it, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of hypnosis component you're Getting into yeah, it. he gets into a lot of the psychology of how that works. And there's, I think some of it draws from an understanding of metaphysics, but how you induce, uh, like, what do they call that when a prisoner, Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah. So like Travis Walton, he would say is an example of Stockholm Syndrome. Mm -hmm. And you, okay, you yeah. begin to... Uh, Instead Man, of instead a... of identifying your captors and your torturers as evil terrorists, mm -hmm. you start to rationalize it and normalize it, and then over time, well, it wasn't so bad. Versus, no, you were seriously violated, and those people are probably not your friends mm -hmm. and not good. That's what happens in 1984. What, in what way? Uh, Big Brother is you know dominating over the whole story. And the protagonist, I think, Wilson, Winston? Winston. Yeah. Uh, but by the end of the book, Will, Winston's broken to where he's like, he he looks at Big Brother just like the rest of all the other mouth breathers. So like Winston's woke for a while, and then he finally 
succumbs and like comes to love Big Brother for the security that he provides. Yeah, he yeah. he goes through a lot of the the techniques that you would be taught if you were working for these agencies or in, mm-hmm. in these positions that are well known. I mean, how to induce these states. And he's saying in the book, that's happening on a mass scale now. And the way the, the, the way they're using media and these stories is specifically to put us in a place of irrational fantasy. Mm. So like one of the things he said in there that I really liked is he said, a really good understanding of metaphysics makes reality more real. Oh yeah. I instead agree. of less yeah. real. Uh-huh. A bad understanding of metaphysics leaves you with fantasy. Yeah. And like, well, how did that happen? It's just magic. Yeah. And he he would say, God does not need magic to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know, God is able to do whatever he wants to do because he's the creator of all reality. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how he explained it. And I think that to me was really I agree with it, but then he also goes into some of the weird stuff that you think, well, why, why are agencies and for a long time, oh, I learned in researching this, I texted you about it, who, who helped oh, design yeah. the Pentagon? <laughs> and it's like Jack freaking Parsons, yeah. this guy that we've talked a lot about, but it just blows my mind that he even existed and that anybody, like why he was... Why did he design the Pentagon? I don't know why. He, you just, he was a Satanist. You just me, yeah. I mean, he literally... Oh, I, I thought you meant why did he get hired to yeah, do Yeah, why? It? That's what I mean. Like, who is who is high level yeah. saying we need a avowed Satanist who is is dead set on destroying Christianity to be the guy to build our defense headquarters? Yeah. So weird What, what does that have to do yeah. with anything? Except, and why does it need to be the shape of a Pentagon? It's a cult, is yeah. what Upton would be saying. Yeah. And, you know, he was telling this story about, I tried to find it. I need to keep looking, but he said there's a video of Parsons. He he was always, he would do, I think we're going to talk about Parsons again, but he would perform specific occult rituals before rocket launches. Oh, yeah. And he had built a, like a Ouija board that with like an electromagnetic Ouija board. And he would show people there, like, he would invoke this specific demigod that he was praying to with this Ouija board, and he would show people. He'd be like, oh, yeah, this is how I got these equations. Watch, I just talked to this. Uh, even the name was oh, Babylon. Babylon working is what he called it. B-A-B-L-O-N. And it's a specific, like, demon <laughs> that, he was, that he was talking to. All that aside, I'm just thinking, like, serious people trying to run a serious country— why are right. we, what, what, what are they what doing with is the Ouija going board? On? Yeah. Like, how did, how did a general, how did people not step forward and go, okay, this guy's got to go. Yeah. This is, this is just a little too. So that, I mean, if I'm tracking, he's channeling, the idea here is that he's channeling these equations from Babylon, the demon. Yeah. Which gets into the metaphysical reality of like, well, it's not magic. The equation exists. This demon just happened to point it out to Jack Parsons, right? I mean, told like, it to him. Yeah, so I mean, like, it's not again, like, it's not magic. There's a, I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird place to like. I don't even know how I feel about it uh-huh. really right now. I have a friend who 
I'm not going to name his name. I don't think he'd mind me mentioning it, but uh, I definitely would never name his name. But I have a friend who was involved with is it a, Kokomo? a cult. You can yeah, tell me. It was me. Kokomo. He was, he was uh, <laughs> out in California with the, uh, I'm trying to think of a good cult to reference, but I don't oh. know, Scientologist. Anyway, I was asking him because he was telling, he, he's the one that actually told me about this book to read. And he was, we're talking about the idea of a spiritual realm. And that's really what it boils down to. There's a physical realm and a spiritual realm. And as Christians, and I would say, I, I believe in a spiritual realm. And, um, but how far does that go? <laughs> That's yeah, kind of the idea. Yeah. And he was even saying, my friend was saying like the idea of psychic, are there psychics? Is that a thing? And he was telling me like, oh yeah, like there are. And you think, well, what? And he gave me specific examples of at this cult that he's not, um, he's out of now, but that he got wrapped up in. And he said, yeah, there, there were people that would meet you and they would know what you're thinking hmm. and, and they'd use it to control you. Yeah. That's useful. And yeah. So that just almost like the UFO thing, like couching that to say, like, is that even a thing? Are there people that can read minds? And there's a lot of people that would say yes, hmm. which begs the question, like, what is even reality? Like, what is going on? If one human, I can't read your mind. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> I mean, uh, not just reading minds, but also just knowing things just, and I guess he would say, and I think my friend would say is that's that's demonic influence. That's not God. That's not, you know, God, uh, you know, that's this spiritual battle going on between good and evil. And essentially, yeah, there are demons everywhere and they are dead set on dragging you to hell. That is what they're trying to do. And that's, it, it sounds kind of like, that sounds like a lot, but then if you just stop, and I think a lot of it is in our modern understanding of Christianity, we've lost a lot of the seriousness of the nature of reality. Hmm. That's what I'm picking up from, okay. from all this. Yeah. And I'm looking at it going like, oh God, we should be taking this a lot more seriously. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's like, there's demons. There's, do we need, what do we need to do in here? Do we need like, and so get the priest, we need to get the holy water out. Uh -huh. You know, and it's like, where's that line where you go, okay, what do you believe? Like what, 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 I don't know. What is that line? Is it something you just like uh, a friend of mine, we were talking about ghost and a lot of modern Christians would say, I don't really believe in ghosts. Right. Yeah. You know, like, yes, I get it. Primitive people back in the day, they thought ghosts, but truthfully, if you're a Christian, like if you're really saying like, oh, I subscribe to Christian Christians believe in ghosts. Like, like in the history of Christianity, it's only in the past maybe hundred years that we started going like, I don't know if I believe in ghosts. You go back over a hundred years ago, everybody believed in ghosts. And you can go back to the scriptures. When Jesus was walking on water, that's the first thing the disciples said is like, oh my God, it's a ghost. Uh -huh. They thought it was a ghost, which tells you they believed in ghosts. Yeah. yeah. So uh, all the way up to now, like, well, what do we believe? And what's the extent of that? It's elusive. I know. I, I, I'd expect to get a really thorough answer from you. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> is that is that all make sense? I'm an idiot. I get it. I don't know if I'm I making think you any laid sense. the book out really well. In as I mean, like in as broad and deep of a subject as it is. So yeah. so even he's not getting into Islam versus Christianity versus uh -huh. Hindu versus Buddhist. He's just saying that uh, what these agencies or who whoever is calling the shots here 
they're trying to lump physical, uh, probably even staged events into real spiritual apparitions and phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And they're doing it for a specific reason. And it, go it goes back to just controlling us. And it's not just, and people always go like, well, what, what do you mean control? Well, humans are religious by nature. Yeah. And if you get them to worship the coming alien God, and you are the one writing the script for exactly what the alien God says through the, to oh, us, yeah. you're going to be in power. There's a cool movie you should watch. Um, he, he talked about it in the book. That's why I got to it. It's called The Red Planet Mars. It came out in 1952. So he's, he's, he's showing how far back this agenda goes. And Red Planet Mars was made by a guy named John Horn, directed. And John Horn directed all of the propaganda films for the U.S. military during World War II. We didn't, we didn't have propaganda. Yeah, of course we didn't. Yeah. So all of all, that guy, who like he is the propaganda filmmaker for the military, he, in 1952, makes this, plant, this movie where the premise of it is a husband and a wife are working with this radio transmitter. And they're trying to contact Mars, and they're using a transmitter that was developed by a Nazi scientist, and they got it from the from the Germans during Nuremberg trials. That Nazi scientist was scooped up by the Soviets and is on the other side of the globe, and they're both transmitting to Mars, trying to communicate something back. But the guy, the Nazi, realizes that they're transmitting, so he doesn't because he 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 they would be able to hear him then. Sure, and so yeah. he just waits and listens and informs the Soviets what, what we're saying. But they, they essentially eventually start to receive messages back from Mars. And at first they're just equations and just like, uh, just simple communications. But then they start to get really weird because coming back from Mars, it starts to deliver the Sermon on the Mount huh. and scriptures. And it clearly sounds like Jesus is on Mars talking to us. And so when the when the equations are coming, uh, society starts to collapse. Everyone's freaking out. Stock market crashes. They're saying that they live 300 years. They have cosmic energy, so they don't need fossil fuels. Everything's going to shit. And then as soon as Jesus starts talking through the transmissions, the world unites. And everybody comes together. And there's a powerful scene where even over in, in Russia, there's an old Soviet man sitting in his, in his room and when he hears this transmission of God of from Mars, quote Mars, quote Jesus, it says um, that you've you've turned your back on God and and you will suffer whatever. And he looks up and he stands up and walks to the wall and there's pictures of Stalin and Lenin and he pulls mm -hmm. them down mm -hmm. and he walks out to his backyard and they dig up this chest and he opens it and he's an Eastern Orthodox priest and he puts on his priest. Uh, outfit and they walk and they kneel to pray and then all these Soviet guards pull up and they shoot them and kill them all and it's it's pretty powerful stuff but it's been out since 52 so spoiler alert if you haven't seen right, it at this yeah. point that's that's on you not on me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you can you can still watch it you still watch it. it's still good but the point is at the end it's revealed that the Nazi scientist was like sending signals back uh-huh to the equations but then at some point washington took over when the when washington took over the message became jesus and christian 
and then eventually the the Nazi lab gets destroyed and they go into the American lab and it's pretty it's pretty strange because he's connecting it to like a lot of masonic luciferian like like the 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 the, the whole thing is propaganda hmm. so like they he gets the main characters to do things that they that a christian would never do like the wife that she they basically commit suicide which would be a sin right. and they kill uh this other this nazi and the the main idea is after the fact they realize those transmissions about jesus were coming from washington they weren't coming from mars even though everybody thought they were and mm-hmm. they weren't coming from the nazi either and that that's his thesis that's what he's saying is that they even back then they were using religion to manipulate the pe- the masses for an agenda mm-hmm. and now back then it was the story they were using scriptures but now they're trying to recreate a whole new religion that's going to be like an, right. al- like, an alien yeah, religion yeah. that makes sense i mean in so much as i understand what you're saying we're kind of as a culture over the god thing right like yeah i mean, I mean present day me personally no but yes no, but even I mean, all the way back to nietzsche god yeah, is dead like, you know in the 50s i can see the i can see the idea of uh well we'll use we'll use kind of the standard uh it, it really came from darwin uh-huh. materialism really started to you know the evolutionary theory and einstein really i mean i don't think einstein he said things that implied he wasn't an atheist um but um yeah you're right that era 40s 50s but we're kind of like postmodern at this point where religion is like people don't have a problem with it generally speaking but it's not like you can have somebody in the government in a place of power say we should do this because that's the way god wants us to yeah, do it yeah that wouldn't fly whereas yeah like if we get people on board with this alien idea, we well, do it because that's that's his theory. I guess is that through a lot of media, a lot of films, they've subliminally planted this idea in our head oh, that alien the, the aliens are going to be God or something. And God, he's right. They have done that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And so that's the clear message. And I've I've been saying this for years. Because I've seen a UFO and it's like, and I've thought all of these things through. It's like, okay, if the UFO shows up, if if the door opens and Jesus Christ walks out and delivers the Sermon on the Mount, great. But if it's anything else, BS. <laughs> if, it's, yeah. if it's anything else, no, I'm sorry. I'm just not. If it's, you know, it's not Z- Zeta Reticula and we have secrets to the universe and all you have to do is... Come together and give us all your trust in us. We will save you. Mm. That's, you know, you're being, you turned into a slave. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the conversation going along with AI right now. Where I can are, talk about that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the idea of, well, it's a useful tool, um, but the the sticking point that I keep hearing come up in a lot of these conversations is, well, but who programs the AI? You know, uh because that's actually scary. the person that's in charge. I mean, it's it doesn't seem like a good idea to just leave it completely open source. Especially let... if you've put some prompts into chat GPT yeah. and it spits out something that sounds like a psychotic child might have thought of it. Then you think like, oh, I hope this isn't who's making our new religions. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, just to your point of like, well, if Washington's controlling the radio, then... Yeah, then that they get to write the script. What did I say on episode one about the internet? 
CIA. Well, I said it's a mil- it's a military yeah, operation. Right, yeah. It was it always was, still is today. Yeah, I think it's part of a long term strategy. I know I'm the conspiracy dad, but that's my instinct. Is I think we're all being manipulated and a lot. Not it's it's not a. I mean, I I get it that if it's if it is happening, it's um how exactly that's being orchestrated. He would say it's it's a Luciferian agenda, probably being like manipulation by evil spirits is mm. what he would say. Okay. Like so, in the idea of Islam, you have what's called jinn. I think it's J I N N, and like they can be. It's like angels. Like not all of them are good. Not all of them are bad. I think like, is he compared it to like looking at a gym, G Y M. Like you wouldn't look at a gym and say everyone walking out of there is the same. You say like there's all different people, different agendas, different lives, different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And he's saying in the spiritual realms, the same thing. There's a lot of spirits that are good. There's a lot that are bad. There's, Some of them are super jacked. Yeah. Some of them still are working on working their BMI. On. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think he, it, it seems weird. But then if you look at the actions of people, like, well, are we... Are Satanists involved in important military decisions in the U.S. military? Well, they have been for a long... Jack Parsons. That's what his point was. Like, yeah, he built your defense headquarters or helped helped design it anyway. Um, I guess it's just the question is, should that be concerning? I mean, they didn't ask the Pope... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they didn't ask Billy Graham how should we design our defense headquarters. It was yeah, uh, right. the Satanist, which is what you would expect the demons to do. I think <laughs> you know, they're subtle; they're very subtle. That's a funny thought. They didn't ask Billy Graham how to design it, and I mean, like Oral Roberts, for instance, we're in Tulsa. He designed some buildings. He so, totally could have. Yeah, so he could he have made done some it. very big. He, he buildings. did some big undertakings, architecturally speaking. But I've always said this is a sidetrack for conspiracy guys out there. The last place you want to work is the safest place, allegedly. When you think about the Pentagon. Oh. And it's like if you buy the nine eleven commission report narrative, that like here I am at the Pentagon in the budgeting department. <laughs> accounting and budgeting department and then all of a sudden an airplane just flies in and kills me Uh you would think like the safest defense headquarters would be guarded against that yeah right well yeah kind of like uh kokomo was saying last time there are civilian contractors that run drills over our aircraft carriers yeah why wasn't there like some kind of protocol to stop this airplane from hitting the Oh, that's another podcast, but it goes deep. I mean, it was. Um, I keep t- I keep telling myself I'm not going to be a truther, <laughs> and that just you, snuck right you, out. <laughs> you are hanging out with the wrong crowd. <laughs> I that's a funny dynamic that people even say that that that's an example of Operation Mockingbird, right there, truther. Oh, and it's right. such a sure. creepy thing. Yeah. Like when I first started going down the rabbit hole and then people, you, what are you, a truther? Yeah. He's a truther. Yeah. And then you think for a second, like he's a guy who's obsessed with learning Seeking the truth. truth. Yeah, that's weird. That's, that's a, I forget what he calls it, but that's a very specific mind control mechanism yeah. that yes, agencies and people all over, they use all the time to 
leave you kind of dumbfounded. Like, oh, what are you, a truther? Yeah. And then it's like, well, you what, almost... are you, what are you still beating your wife? You know, and you're like, what? I never, I never did. Yeah. So just the idea that, yeah, you would, you would call somebody, you would turn a positive virtue uh-huh. into some sort of slander. Well, yeah, and it kind of touches on that last episode. You said, well, I noticed they use the word, the phrase skiff a lot. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking back on that later. Like at the time I was thinking, well, we all have crutch phrases. And if we're having a conversation, we're likely to use the same words in the course of 30 minutes more often than we would throughout the course of most days. And I think there's some of that going on in that hearing, but it did get me churning on like, yeah, skiffs is going to be the kind of like talking point, the talking yeah. point, like the social distancing or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just I'm trying to think of other little buzz phrases, but. Um, well, yeah. I think I think Upton's point, and I could be wrong about this, but it would be something like. The 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 act of doing that, whether or not you understand what you're doing, so if you're like a a talking head yeah, slandering yeah. somebody for being uh-huh. interested in the truth, you're probably under some level of spiritual Luciferian control. Hmm. Like you're not, if you're not speaking the truth, you're not represent. God is the truth. Like you're not, you're definitely not representing God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you're turning people away from the truth, that's, that's a satanic thing to do, not a God thing to do, mm-hmm. you know? And then you think about how, we all like people are doing that even un unknowingly like they they're just brainwashed ideologues well that's uh, like what's the difference between a brainwashed ideologue and a and a demonically possessed person the intent but the results no i don't think the intent is any different so like if you are a a a died in the like like a crazy communist like you ignore the tens of millions of dead people you literally like flip out if anybody says anything critical. So you're you're an ideologue, yeah. And you you come become completely irrational, even violent. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're willing to kill people for that ideology or die for it yourself. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between that and somebody who's possessed oh, by a demon yeah, no. and also acting completely irrational, right? Completely insane, yeah. And ready to kill or die for something that's actually not true, right? So their intent is the same. They're both. No, no, I thought, and, and yeah. even back to the metaphysical idea of like, it's an idea. Yeah. It's like this right. ideology has taken over their mind and now they've been warped into something that's completely antithetical to God mm-hmm. versus actually using your mind and thinking and reasoning. Yeah. When I, I said intent, I was thinking more along the lines of like, well, if you're a newscaster reading something on a prompter you may just be reading the thing on the prompter because you want to be good at reading the thing on the prompter so you can get a job in the bigger market. Yeah. Just like teachers in the 60s and the 70s were like teaching the food pyramid. No, I, I guess I meant more like commentators, like, yeah. you know, people okay. that sure. people that are um, clearly lacking any kind of objective reasoning and they just, I'm a Democrat, so he's bad. I'm a yeah, Republican, yeah. he's good. Yeah. You know, where it's like, dude, you're not even, I, I think there's well-meaning people that they're they're possessed by an idea yeah. that is just not true or it's not a complete truth. Mm-hmm. And then I think, well, what's the difference between that? What's causing that possession? I guess he might say that that's that's all 
demonic or that's all yeah. that's all a spiritual realm thing happening there. Yeah. That's that ordinary men yeah. sort of idea. How do normal people become Nazis? And, yeah, and, and, and execute people. That, you can look at it from just a material view where it's just, oh, Hitler was just mean and he just didn't like, you know, uh, Jews or, or, you know, he didn't. didn't uh, you could look at it from a really like simplistic kind of view, but you you can't get away from the fact that he was also as obsessed with the occult. Hmm. And he read a lot of, you know, the same literature that, you know, Jack Parsons would have loved, <laughs> you know, and like, uh, it just seems to me that Hitler didn't happen in a vacuum, not only on a, like, like on a political level, but even on a spiritual level. Hmm. And there's, there's more going on there than just, you know, shit happens, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and, and even on that example, do you think it would probably it's not hard to think of Hitler as like possessed by a demon. Right. Yeah. You know, demon of amphetamines. Yeah. I don't know. I want to, I want to know more about metaphysics, but that's the extent of what I know. And I probably just said like 20 things that are completely wrong, but if you want to know more about it, I think, uh, you know, Charles Upton's book, it doesn't get into, I think his understanding of metaphysics is very strong. He considers himself a metaphysician, so it's very strong. Mm -hmm. He's he's not a Christian. I am a Christian. It doesn't. I don't think he really gets into that. He's just talking. He's he's not picking sides. He's just uh, he's very concerned that all of the ma major world re religions are there's an attempt being made right now to undermine them with this materialist, mm -hmm. clearly orchestrated, uh, you know hoax or deception or whatever you want to call it. Um, that doesn't mean UFOs don't exist. He even says he's seen UFOs. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a story about how, why he thinks they exist on a spiritual plane and that they're not a tin physical, you know, even if they appear like that, that they're not for mm -hmm. whatever reason. I don't know. Get the book, check it out. You can borrow yeah, it if you want. I'm done with it. I will. Uh, you could yeah, read some I, Thomas Aquinas too, and I'll make yeah, you Catholic. I would like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why should you be Catholic, Dave? Just read just, Thomas Aquinas. Just go ahead and be Catholic. I hear if you do that, you'll just be Catholic. Be a Catholic truther. Um, uh, it's either true or it's just really good propaganda. Well, <laughs> the best. <laughs> if your microphone is the big one, then you get you can reach a lot of souls. Uh, I looked it up. I didn't find an audio audiobook. For I'm not surprised. It's not the a big book. Nah, it's but he's well known, it, but it's not a big publisher. Yeah, you can get. I mean, Amazon has it on Kindle, but and you can get the hardback, of course. But unfortunately, I didn't see it in. Audible. Yeah, and then because you didn't get the Alien Disclosure Deception, the Metaphysics of Social Engineering, and if you want to get the other, the first book, it's UFO the UFOs and traditional metaphysics, which the first book is focusing less on the social engineering side of it, more on just metaphysics and uh how you how that might explain the ufo phenomenon and then this is where it gets really sinister and they are really pretty they're not hiding the ball as they say so anyway any last thoughts um well we we skipped uh the dad vice section oh shoot which i'm not too upset about it just what brought to mind is i jotted down a little quote that i got which i thought was 
relevant to what we were just talking about. Like reading this book, you know, you're saying, check out this book. Uh, it's worth looking into and, and learning about kind of propaganda, propaganda and like hypnosis of a people and, and that Is sort of thing. Is it the madness of crowds book? No, the thing that, the thing that I had jotted down and like, I keep kind of just a text file of like thoughts on dad advice, you know, and I just stole the quote from James Clear, the writer of Atomic Habits. And he says, uh, one sign that you haven't done enough reading is that you find yourself agreeing with whatever book you read last. Mm. Um, at first, it's easy to be swayed by a reasonable argument. Once you've read a lot, you can see that even in the best arguments have limitations. Um, so do read this book. Read lots of books. Read others, though. Yeah, yeah. there's a... I, I asked a friend of mine um, as I was reading this, because I was like, oh, I need to know about metaphysics. And yeah. uh, he gave me a long list of like five other more Catholic perspective metaphysics uh -huh. books that I, I am reading too. The so. uh, the reason that came to mind specifically was, you know, you just cited that movie from like 52. And uh, I've said it probably every episode for the last three episodes, but the more I read history, the easier it is for me to believe these conspiracy theories. <laughs> Cause I'm like, we've done this before. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, that reminds me, I think I don't remember the exact quote, but when I, graduated from journalism school he, he said something like the the mark of a a well-educated person is somebody who can read and completely understand an idea and then completely dismiss it that's pretty cool yeah I think and, I've I, and i've always kind of operated with that as yeah. like when i finish reading or looking into something kind of gauging like you know where could on what level could i just dismiss this yeah and that's a little bit of a defense from being an ideologue yeah. in any pursuit, you know? Yeah. Understanding sort of like we were talking off the mic about like we put, you know, people like pastors on a pedestal or like filmmakers on a pedestal and you go, well, it's just a man. It's just a dude. Just a dude. Yeah. And a so really it, narcissistic and now some dude. Of them, we're not all born with the same IQ or the same mental capacity, but um, yeah, I mean, that guy, that guy's just a dude too. And it's not like he's right about everything. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to the conspiracy dad podcast. If you are new to the podcast, please uh, give us a review on iTunes. That's always helpful. Like subscribe, share. If you think, you know, other dads out there that, uh, or, uh, women married to dads that <laughs> want to listen to this <laughs> podcast, I promise that I will do my best to drag them down the rabbit hole, just like Ooh. I did with Dave. Yep, and then one day we're all going to wake up and it will be the, uh, matrix of, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll all wake up That's and, right, yeah. uh, this will be something, some nightmarish. <laughs> you know? It'll be like this never <laughs> happened. Yeah. You'll want to plug right back in. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> all right. Take care.